Day 11. The Hope of Humanity. Daniel 2, verses 34, 35, and 44 to 45. As you were watching, a stone broke off without a hand touching it, struck the statue on its feet of iron and fired clay and crushed them. Then the iron, the fired clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were shattered and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away and not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. In the days of those kings, the God of the heavens will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. And this kingdom will not be left to another people. It will crush all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, but will itself endure forever. You saw a stone break off from the mountain without a hand touching it, and it crushed the iron, bronze, fired clay, silver and gold. This is the word of God. We are still scraping the surface of insight into the king's dream. Today, let's take a closer look at those verses in Daniel 2 that speak about the stone, the hope of human history. Jesus is heaven's stone. Who is the stone in Daniel 2 verse 34? It is none other than Jesus Christ himself. On this point, the scriptures speak clearly. The psalmist wrote, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The prophet Isaiah said, He will be as a sanctuary but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel. To Israel, the Lord Jesus Christ was a stone of stumbling. Israel was looking for a political Messiah to free them from Roman rule and oppression. But Jesus came the first time as a suffering servant. To their disappointment, he entered Jerusalem on a donkey, not a stallion. His crown was made of thorns, and his coronation happened on a cross. Just as the prophecies had said, the Jewish builders rejected the cornerstone of God's plan for salvation. Second, Jesus is the king of a kingdom. Daniel says that the rock refers to the kingdom that God will set up. It's not surprising then that Jesus' main message was, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the good news. So, what do we learn about this kingdom from Daniel 2? First, Christ's kingdom is a kingdom of God, not of man. Though the statue is made of human hands, this rock is made by the hands of God. It is a rock cut out of a mountain. That mountain is God's kingdom. The rock cut from the mountain is Christ's kingdom, which itself is the consummate expression of God's. Said another way, God the Father rules through his Son. To embrace the Son as King is to embrace the Father as King as well. Second, Christ's kingdom is a growing kingdom. The rock became a great mountain and filled the whole earth, verse 45. In other words, the rock grows and grows. Although the population percentage growth of Christianity may have stalled, 
and even declined in Europe and North America, incredible growth continues elsewhere. Just this previous Sunday, there were more Christians attending church in China than there were in all of so-called Christian Europe. By 2020, Christianity is anticipated to have grown from the 1970 statistic of being just 1.2% of the East Asian population, comprising 11.4 million Christians, to 10.5% of the population. In 1910, only 12 million people or 9% of Africa's population were Christians, but they are projected to number 630 million or 49.3% of the populace by 2020. Third, Christ's kingdom threatens every other kingdom. In the vision, the rock smashes the statue. This shows how Christ's kingdom is at odds with every kingdom of man. There is no human system that is entirely compatible with Christ's kingdom. Every human-made culture, every system of thought, Every political power, no matter how good it is, is at odds with Christ and his rule at some point. Christ's kingdom ultimately outlasts and displaces every other kingdom. At the end of time, the only kingdom standing will be Christ's. It will be a huge mountain that fills the whole earth. One day it will be said, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of Christ as it says in Revelations 11 verse 15. Christ's kingdom is eternal and here forever. Every other one is temporal. Wonderfully, Jesus has outlasted the very kingdom that crucified him. So what happened after the Roman Empire ended? The vision does not go beyond this empire. Though these kingdoms have fallen, yet the iron, bronze, silver and gold are all together broken in pieces. In other words, all subsequent kingdoms are made of similar stuff to those earlier kingdoms. Michael Eaton, writing on this point, says, The kingdoms of paganism are still around. Relics of the four empires are still here. It is not that the Roman Empire will be revived, an idea not found in the Bible. It is rather that the various international systems of rule and government pioneered by these four empires are still with us today. For example, Babylonian interests in science, the Persians' postal system, the Grecian passion for wisdom and athletics, and the Roman use of law. The influence of these empires continue. All modern countries use the sciences, technology, technical language, and the government methods of these ancient empires. Daniel's vision began to be fulfilled in the first coming of Jesus. Now God's kingdom and earthly kingdoms exist side by side. But the vision will be finally completed at the second coming of Jesus, when his kingdom will be victorious over all others, which will then be, as verse 35 tells us, blown away by the wind without a trace. What about you? If it's true that Christ's kingdom will eventually displace every other kingdom, Is Jesus' influence and leadership having an increasing impact in and through your life? Why not turn your reflections into prayer?